0: thumbs up when he got it out. Okay.
1: We're live. I'm alive.
2: Still sponsored by Shaq News, right? Yeah. We never.
1: Ah, oh, Jose's up to bat. Yes. I wish I could see this live.
0: Tweet that just came across my phone right now it says, Yikes, Jose. Uh oh.
1: No, 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 don't say that. RIP, my guy should have hit lefty. No, this is terrible.
0: <laughs> oh, no.
2: All right, I'm out.
0: All righty, Chris, go for it.
2: The Big Play Reflog Show is brought to you by ShaqNews.com. If you're in the market for new video games, make sure to check out Shaq News before you buy. They have detailed reviews of all the top games, like this week's featured articles breaking down the all new Escape Academy and Frozenheim games. And Check News does more than just reviews with the latest news, guides, and walkthroughs. And they're interactive Check News context that allows you to join in on all the conversations. So if you're a gamer, Check News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle Check News and at
0: CheckNews.com. It's
1: time, streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio, presenting the undefeated,
3: undisputed, heavyweight podcast of the
1: world, the Big Play, Reflect Show!
0: Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm your host Nick Padone, not Big Play Dave. Hanging out with you guys today with my two favorite people, Chris McNeil and Gab Cruz. What's going on, guys? Happy Home Run Derby here, Nick and Gab.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm like popping in right now. It looks like Jose finished the first round with what, 17?
0: Yeah, seventeen? Yeah, seventeen. Yeah. So, what people are, are saying,
1: sixteen? I don't know.
0: Juan Soto up next, so we'll keep you guys covered. Nobody covers home run derby like us. Yeah, we got some comments rolling in on the YouTube machine. What's up, everybody out there? Johnny Boyd saying that he had 16 in the first round. So we'll see. We'll see what Juan Soto does next. So today on the show, we're going to be talking MLB All-Star game. Obviously, Jose Ramirez is kicking that off for us tonight with – the home run derby. Then we got the all star game tomorrow. We're going to be talking some Browns naturally. We're going to bring on our featured guest, and it's, go- it's coach CJ Edwards. And after that, we're going to get into the biggest night in Cleveland sports. You guys know it. Chris, what is it?
2: The third annual. Third <laughs> annual. I third annual. It's crazy. The Flogsy Awards. Yeah. The we're Awarding the best in Cleveland tonight. So stick around for that one at the end of the show.
0: Gosh, a, a July tradition unlike any other. Tonight it falls on on a Home Run Derby, so let's get into it with some Cleveland headlines. What do you guys say?
2: Let's do it.
1: Let's get it.
0: All right, Cleveland headlines. <laughs> Cleveland headlines brought to you by our good friends at TSE Cleveland every week. TSE helps us give away exclusive signed Browns memorabilia. You can check them out on Twitter at TSE Cleveland or on their website, TSECleveland.com. This week, we're giving away a highly coveted item here, a signed 16 by 20 Clay Matthews Jr., poster. This is a great item and the winner is
2: on on Twitter there when I retweeted it that looks like a fine item. I'll tell you what we, we give away a lot of stuff and this is one of those things that I'm like wow that one really caught my eye.
0: And tis the season, right, Chris? I mean, we got Hall of Fame game coming up in a couple weeks. Let's get him in. Get him in. Put get
2: Clay in. in. For God's sakes, Clay Matthews needs to be in that Hall of Fame. There should not be a Hall of Fame without Clay Matthews.
0: Put him in there. Without further ado, the winner of the sign, Clay Matthews poster is... <laughs> At R and Rose, Randy Rose on Twitter. Congratulations. You just won yourself a signed Clay Matthews poster. Good stuff. All righty. Let's get into some of these Cleveland headlines here. Uh, the first one is from Matt Collig putting out there Good luck to Mr. Lapper in tonight's MLB home run derby. Jose Ramirez, we just saw him have 16. In that first round, how nice is it to finally see Jose, you know, regardless of what happens tonight, getting some national attention? Because they've said that he's had this opportunity before and that he's turned it down. It's nice to see Jose in the spotlight.
2: It's kind of funny for a guy who wears a picture of himself on a necklace on a chain around his neck that he's turned down national attention you know, seeking things in the past. And now we do see him on that stage and it's great to see it. You know, he's a fun guy, Uh, you know, everybody in Cleveland loves this guy. He's just one of us. He seems to just have so much fun playing the game. He's obviously been hugely productive on the field, especially at the first part of this season. When we were, We've talked about this stat on the show where he was accounting for 30% of our runs and 30% of our production, which is just incredible. Um, but now to see him getting that national attention he so deserves, that's, that's well warranted and, uh, and good to see. Good to see. I always love that for Cleveland guys and especially for him.
0: Gab, how cool is it for you? Because obviously you you bring a different perspective to this, just being at the ballpark, you know, almost, almost every night and, you know, really getting to be up close with Jose. How cool is it for you to see Jose, you know, doing the MLB home run derby tonight, then all-star game tomorrow. It's going to be a hectic week for the guy, but it's it's got to be pretty cool.
1: I think it's cool. I wonder what made him like change his mind or turn a corner to be relaxed enough to do it. I think part of it is that he is now the face of our organization. Yeah. And, you know, he signed that contract. He probably had a huge weight off of his shoulder. And I almost feel like he was a little more relaxed and was like, "You know what? I'm going to do the home run derby." You know what I mean? Um because you're right, it is ironic that he'll wear the chain of himself, but it is true like he really is just not into media attention or trying to get interviewed actually at the ballpark. Sometimes we try not to do him as our player to watch pregame, like a whole, a whole spiel on, yeah, he's had this kind of streak going and he's leading major league baseball and extra base hits. And I try not to pick him. We do that on purpose because we can tell he does not like it. So it's kind of exciting to see that he is relaxed enough to, to go for it. It sounds like he didn't have the strongest start or maybe the pitcher was a little shaky in the beginning or so I've, read on twitter so far but still happy for the guy and pretty pumped like you said it's nice to see him get that national attention just because he is i mean he's such an amazing player
0: yeah and that's like for anything you know any event like You know, every year I love when me, Chris, and Dave sit here and just crap all over the Pro Bowl, but it is still cool just when you're, you know, when your team's guys get in there, you know, Mm -hmm. to the Pro Bowl. Same with the NBA, you know, this year the Cavs won the skills challenge. And I don't think that like changed the national perspective on the Cavs, but it was just like, oh, it was cool to get in the spotlight for a second. So, Good stuff. Good stuff for Jose. Then that's our second headline.
2: It was was short-lived. It looks like he's done. Yeah. Yeah, I saw
0: that.
1: What did Juan get?
0: Uh, 18, it looks like. Wow. So small margin of victory, man. Yeah.
1: That's frustrating. He might be. What if he's got to do it again one day?
2: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. He was right there. I mean, just the smallest of margins. So...
0: Good stuff, man. He he would have had a rough path. I was looking at it today, like he would have had to go against Juan Soto, and then like had he made it to the final, like Pete Alonzo was yeah, on yeah, yeah. on his side. So man, it was it was a hectic path. I would have liked to have seen him
1: make it out of the first round, though. Hey,
2: to be yeah. the best, you have to beat the best. We yeah. know he's got the potential to do it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I, yeah. I I would have seen him as a dark horse. What was he a six seed or something? Yeah, it's all based upon how many home runs they hurt early in the season, but. uh I, you know I could have definitely seen him making some noise and if he if he comes back and does it again I could see him being a little bit more relaxed to mm-hmm. their gab and just just mashing so well, that's great
1: he, does, he leads He's the American stuff. League in doubles so <laughs> and yeah. maybe that maybe that's just his thing
0: <laughs> yeah for real competition. Nothing wrong with that. I was speaking of that with him leading the, you know, AL and doubles. Are you guys worried at all? Do you guys subscribe to the belief that this could like mess up Jose's swing because you you see some of that negativity and stuff out there like, "Oh, I don't want my favorite players in the home run derby because it it might change their approach for the rest of the year." I think Jose has been in this league for long enough that I don't think that's going to happen, you know.
2: I love to tell a story by contrast. You had a guy like Albert Bell. Albert would talk about coming to the – I think he only participated in one. Maybe he participated in more than that. But um, he he had a famous kind of duel back in, I think it was 95 in Arlington. Uh, But he said that that actually helped his swing, get his home run groove and really set him up for the second half of the season. So I I would hope that maybe something like that would happen for Jose. But like you said, you think they swing the bat enough during the course of the year that something like this wouldn't screw up. I I, kind of relate it to golf, right? You know, a hacker like me, if I go out and I play in in an outing where you're just, you know, a scramble, you're just trying to swing as hard as you can, it's going to mess up my swing. But if I was a professional playing in a pro-am, that's just something you kind of do on a day in day out basis. So you're kind of used to it. So I think Jose is going to be all right either way.
1: The only thing I was worried about was his thumb. But then after I saw him hit some homers against Detroit to close out that series, I was like, I think he'll, I think he's fine,
0: man. That was awesome. That dude, whole Detroit series was awesome, but especially Jose kind of getting warmed up for tonight's derby. That was a lot of fun. All right, let's move on to tomorrow. So MLB All-Star Game, as it should have been all along, Andreas Jimenez is now going to be the starting second baseman. He is going to be in for Jose Altuve. Does this get you guys any more interested in tomorrow's All-Star Game?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm pretty psyched to see Jimenez. Um, Also, I didn't realize he was so young. Like They were saying... The youngest since Roberto Alomar, 92, youngest player. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then youngest Cleveland player since Bob Feller, 1941. So, I mean, that's pretty wild. I guess Bob Feller was like 22 and change and uh, Jimenez is 23 and change. So, I mean, that was kind of a cool page of history to read in the game notes. And he really has been such an, a silent assassin all season. Like, and now I think he's obviously making noise, but think about where he was last year, triple a trying to reinvent his swing. And now this dude is starting in the all-star game. (laughs) It's pretty cool.
0: Chris, is it any sweeter for you knowing that he is in there for Jose Altuve of all people?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is a little bit sweeter, right? Anytime you see that, you know, kind of a little troll almost. Um, That's fantastic. And I, I will echo what Gab was saying there, you know, it's great. We've got a bunch of young players on this team and we've got some of those guys breaking through like him and getting some national exposure even really early on in his career. And, and that's nice to see. That's really nice to see. And and hopefully, you know, this this goodwill kind of extends into the second half of the season for some of these guys. You mentioned Jose and you mentioned him. um, That they could kind of bring that back to the clubhouse and keep some momentum for this Guardians team, you know, that I think really has a good shot at some playoff aspirations here, and that's going to be fun for us. Something we didn't expect going into the season. We've talked about it before. And uh, something I'm going to be looking forward to coming into the fall.
0: Definitely, definitely, definitely. MLB draft. You guys you guys catch up with any of this at all? Or, I saw we or got no?
1: an outfielder from, I forget what school.
0: From James Madison University. So this is actually the fifth time since 2011 that the Guardians have selected an outfielder with their first draft pick. The other four were Bradley Zimmer, Tyler Naquin, Clint Frazier, and Will Benson. Okay. Does that list inspire you hope in any of <laughs> guys. Yeah, we
2: all. had high hopes for all those guys. Yep. Yeah. High hopes. Once again, here we are with high hopes. We need to get something going on in that outfield. Let me tell you. Yeah, Nice to have an all-star starter from the outfield. That would be kind of cool. So let's see if this guy can break through and make that happen. I am not holding my breath, but uh, let's go, right? Right. The good old
0: MLB draft, dude. The good the old one. MLB draft. This is the one. This is the Diamond in the rough, I suppose. This is the Nick Chubb. All right. Fourth headline this week. We got to give a shout out. You guys saw it on Twitter. When when you get a shout out from Magic Johnson on Twitter, I think that's when you know that you've made it. You've done something with yourself. And the gold medal didn't warrant that. But shout out to Katie Najat, friend of show. Uh, Magic Johnson put the tweet out there, as well as Sandy Morris winning gold and silver in yesterday's Women's Pole Vault Championship. So... Huge shout-out to Katie. That's that's good stuff, man. Keep keep putting Cleveland on the map.
1: 15 feet, 11 inches. Pretty solid.
0: That's Yeah, that's high up there. That's my <laughs> analysis of that. That's too high for me. All righty, good stuff. What do you guys say that we talk some college po- football? We keep the conversation alive. We keep going. Cleveland no. sports. Let's bring in our special guest. No, wait
2: a second. Wait a second. Before, all right, all I right. know we're a little
0: late here, but we
2: have to at least mention the British Open. That just concluded yesterday. Oh, is it watch. the
0: British Open or are we calling it the Open the Championship? Open Championship. Now? Championship. Yeah, those I
2: actually call it the British Open. I don't care what the Euros <laughs> want me to call it. I'm going to call it the British Open. It's the Open Championship. Did you happen to watch any of it? Did either of you I didn't,
0: that? but I w- I was following along, Chris, for betting purposes. So I did see that that Rory as well as Victor <laughs> had some had a big lead going on there. And what happened? Cam Smith kind of come out of the woodworth? He did.
2: Woodwork? He did. He earned it. That's what happened. I mean, a lot of people want to say that Rory kind of pissed it away, but that wasn't the case. In my opinion, Cameron Smith just took the took the claret jug uh, with his flowing locks in the back. I mean, just a fantastic look, mustache, swashbuckling. He took the claret jug. Um, it, it was fun to watch. It really was. You know, you got an Aussie winning it once again. Um, you know, Normans won it in the past, so they've they have a little bit of uh, uh, of uh, of history there and then of course you know with the mullets you've had him you had norman had a mullet at the time and then uh john daly with a famous mullet so you'd like to see that kind of Mm -hmm. tradition in our majors but just hours hours after he wins the british open he goes and joins the live tour
0: i saw that i saw that that's
2: part of the reason i was rooting so hard for rory is that rory has not for anybody who's not been following this. Rory has not gone over to the dark side and gone to the live tour. So I was pushing hard for him. I would have loved to have seen him do it at St. Andrews, the 150th British Open did not happen. I was really excited for, for Cameron, but, uh, you know, cause he seems like such a humble guy. He was just cr- almost crying up there. He he really, you know, that the moment was big for him. And then, you know, just hours later, he goes and joins the live, live tour and is now on the dark side. So I can no longer root
0: for him. You, Chris, you see what Charles Barkley said about the live tour?
2: No. What did Barkley say?
0: He said he would kill a member of his family for $200 million. So he understands why these guys are all jumping ship. (laughs) And now the live tour is in, in talks with Charles Barkley about trying to (laughs) like, seriously, trying to get something going. Oh, that's hilarious.
2: Yeah. I mean, Hey, if the live tour comes to me for 50 million, yeah. Yeah. I'm jumping, but the PGA tour isn't missing me either
0: definitely good stuff there all right we're getting into our featured guest this week we got coach coming on without further ado let's do it here is our featured interview this week all righty what's up guys here here he is on the labette line we have mount union football coach CJ Edwards, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? How are you? What's going on? So I want to address this you right away.
3: Small? Who are you wearing today? I'm wearing Johnny Manziel that was changed into
0: a Denzel Ward. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I, That's fantastic. That's listen, fantastic.
2: I, yeah. Love that energy, bringing it to the show here. <laughs>
0: So My right fiance off- told me I wasn't
3: allowed to I wasn't allowed to wear it, and I said I have to. I have to. <laughs> I mean, this is a Cleveland, it's a Cleveland show.
1: That's so, right.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then right off Rip, we got a little rivalry going on with Mount Union versus JCU. Gab up here in the top right corner.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. Streaks I'm so sorry. along. Mount Union is a tough one for us. I'm so
3: sorry that you uh you had to grab a wear JCU <laughs>
1: Purple purple pansies, whatever. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. There we go.
0: That's, okay. what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for.
3: I mean, I mean we don't we don't typically like to uh wear our, our polos and our, our button ups, so we'll okay. leave that to you guys down there
0: at <laughs> All righty, all righty. I'm gonna break this up. <laughs> you guys
1: are <laughs> the douchey Instagram posts. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. All right. That's it. We're not having a, a lawyer episode <laughs> 2.0. Um, I, I will say, I will say,
3: um, I, I'll give credit because I actually grew up um, right outside of JCU. Um, there's the uh, Ben and Jerry's right there on the corner. Of Carol oh, Bulldog, yeah. And uh-huh. I grew up in that house right on the corner. So oh,
1: my I yeah. grew up a,
3: a John Carroll fan, but I was recruited heavy there to wrestle at Mount. So, that's where I ended up.
1: What a small world! Yeah. Look at that. Listen, JCU, we might not have as many trophies as you in football, but there is a crap ton of JCU guys in the NFL coaching right now, and that's pretty cool.
0: That is true. That's very true. So speaking of coaching, that's what brings us here today, CJ. How did you go from being an elementary school special ed teacher now to college college football coach? Talk to us a little bit about that that career path and that journey. Um. So I started out um,
3: coaching middle school football when I was in college. Um, I, I graduated from high school and, and ended up going to Mount to wrestle. Um, and I quickly realized that I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to um, teach the game of football. I wanted to um, kind of help the athletes develop. Um, especially since I mean I'm five eight, 150 pounds, 160 pounds.
0: Hey, um, I wasn't too. going anywhere. Me too. Nothing. Wrong I, wasn't, with that.
3: I wasn't going anywhere to play football, but um, I, I took a deep dive into um, becoming a coach, and I started at the middle school level. Um, I actually um, was a senior in college at Mount, and I sent a um, three-page LinkedIn in-mail message to Andrew Hawkins. Wow! Um, trying to trying to somehow. Um, Getting the coaching ranks Um, didn't work out then, but um, I moved on to Florida. Um, Actually, met my fiance on Tinder in Florida. She's she's the uh, the athlete of the family. So uh, when I always say that uh, if we have D1 babies, it's because of her. She played soccer at Florida State and USF. Um,
2: Tinder was your dating app of choice, huh?
1: That's back in the day. Back in the day, Yeah. yeah, yeah
2: huh i i I've never known anybody who's who's seen Tinder all the way through to actually <laughs> oh, I, know two, I know
1: two people really yeah Tinder was like Tinder was pretty respectable at one point in time
0: is it not now
1: I don't know i feel like it, there's there's more out there that are like more i don't know
0: Tinder, not yeah. yet not yet a sponsor by the way so <laughs> i don't even i don't even know what like there's a
3: uh what's the newest one um
0: you should know this, right? You
2: should know the answer to this. I You're in a committed relationship, right?
3: I am. I'm, I'm in a committed relationship, so I don't know the answer. To this.
2: <laughs> I'm saving you here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but there, no, actually, it was Bumble. just going to be a
1: yeah. There's Bumble. Ask Gab.
2: Gab, you know, Mall. Come on, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I get the notifications on the Instagram, and it's like I don't know how <laughs> they know my life, but <laughs> they're like, hey, <laughs> um. Hinge. That's what I was trying to say. That,
3: that's the one that I see a lot on, on, like TikTok and things like that. Mm-hmm. Hinge. I don't know anything about it or how it works or it seems camera, weird.
0: camera but... you don't. <laughs> Stick <laughs> to that
3: story. You're going to go <laughs> far. Um, but no, we were actually. It was she was in nursing school and I was um, teaching in Florida and we were gonna. I was going to be a distraction and three and a half years later she moved a thousand miles away to wow. work at the Cleveland Clinic, and then uh, she transferred to Rainbows, um, and we've been here ever since. When I got, when we got back up to Ohio, um, the D.C. that I had when I was in high school became a head football coach, and he offered me a coaching job. Um, I took it, and I became um, the defensive back coach, the receiver coach, um, and then a passing game coordinator and the defensive coordinator of my last year, and I started a track of Um, I was, I was really getting burned out of, of teaching. Um, I love, I love the profession. Don't get me wrong. I love working with the kids. I love special ed. Um, and I loved all my kids, but, um, there were some situations that happened that, um, were out of my control. And I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm in the position that I'm in now, um, coaching, but I sent a hundred, a hundred emails, um, just basically leading with, Um, It only takes one yes. And uh, I sent LinkedIn messages. I sent Twitter messages. Um, I reached out to everybody. And in March, DJ Bolden at Lake Erie College um, contacted me while I was teaching a class and basically said, hey, like, I love your passion. I love your energy. I love your enthusiasm. Um, We ended up talking for about an hour and a half. And he said, hey, like, I have a running back coaching job for you. Um, it's yours. If you want it, it's $10,000. Um, but it's yours. And so I took a, a $30,000 pay cut to, to go to Lake Erie. But I I will say that I've told everybody this. I've never been more happy, um, in a profession than coaching football all day, 24 seven. Um, I, I love the kids. I love being able to see them kind of, grow through the academic side and grow as a person and then see them develop and grow in the game of football as well and uh i I trekked through um camp season Um, all summer long we went to youngstown we went to kent we went to akron yeah um and i actually went on my own to the university of toledo because uh coach vince karras was um actually the head coach at mount when i was in school he was up there at Toledo, and I built a connection with him. And when I got there, I, I talked to him. He introduced me to to Jeff Dart um, at Maui Union, and, and he said, hey, well, our running back coach just took a um, graduate assistant job at Wisconsin. Uh, we have an open running back position. It's yours if you want it. And fabulous. That's, that's kind of where I'm at now.
2: How would you describe your, your coaching philosophy, your coaching style? What, what does that look like? What kind of sets you apart?
3: Um, I, like, I like to build a relationship and a rapport with my athletes. I think that's the biggest thing for me is um, it's the same thing with teaching in, in elementary school. You're, if, if the kids know you care, they'll do anything for you. But if they know you're, you're half-ass in it, excuse my language, Mm-hmm. or you're giving them um, – you're not giving them your full you, they're not going to buy in because they're going to read right through you. So making, making the valiant effort to um, develop that rapport first and then build on that uh, to see success in football. I think at Lake Erie when I was there in the, in the spring, we had an athlete when I, get, when I came in there. I love telling the story. We had an athlete that – he's an FCS type back. Um, he had a 2.0. He was ineligible. Um, but it wasn't because he wasn't, he, he he wasn't intelligent. It wasn't because he didn't understand it. It was just because he, he didn't have anybody to kick him in the butt. And he logged into his, uh, his Lake Erie mail on my computer. Um, and he gave me the, the approval to, to check his grades daily. And, and we, went through study tables. We did did everything we needed to do off the football field. And now um, in May, he actually finished the semester with a 3.0 and is going to be eligible for the fall. So just to see his progress outside of football and excited to see, I mean, this kid could be special. And Mm -hmm. the only reason that he really didn't get that opportunity was because nobody really gave him that kick in the butt. He's from Philadelphia. So to, to, to have that and to be able to kind of go into um, this fall season eligible and, and to make a name for himself, I'm, I'm excited to see him from afar.
2: So now you come to Mountain Union, it's got a rich history, you know, a lot of success and, and well-documented success over the years, a, a fantastic program. You know, it's a little different than John Carroll. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, how, how have you thought about how you make your mark on a program like that? Are you intimidated at all coming into a program like that? Or do you approach it any differently than what you would maybe another coaching assignment?
3: Um, No, I'm actually uh, I'm excited. I have a chip on my shoulder because of the fact that I know my my fiance is listening in the other room and and she tells me not to tell this story. But I was I was 5'8", like I said, 5'8", 160 pounds, 150 pounds. Um, I doubted myself coming out of college. I had um, a partial scholarship offer to Hope Hope College. Um, I could have walked on to Mount. I could have played at a couple different other places, but I thought I'm a strong safety and I'm 5'8". Some of these guys that I'm going to the University of Michigan camp with or Ohio State with Mm -hmm. are 6'1", 6'2", 205. So doubting myself and going in the wrestling path, it's put that chip on my shoulder to say, you know what, I want to go back to Mount and I want to be successful. I want to help develop these kids. I, I've done a lot of research over the summer. I've, I've watched clinic tape after clinic tape. Um, I actually went up and I drove about an hour and a half to uh, Ohio State's camp um, and observed Coach Tony Alford and uh, walked up to him, introduced him or introduced myself to him. And he said, Hey, come back tomorrow. And I'll let you watch some film with the number one recruit in the nation in 2025 class. And, and I'll let you go through the private workout. I said, well, I'm, I'm broke as hell right now. Um, but I'll, I'll find a way. <laughs> and the next day I, I, I found a way. Um, I brought Victoria up there actually with me and, um, we sat in there. I, I built a relationship with them and, um, we text every day almost. So, just to kind of see him build that rapport and that relationship with athletes. Um, I mean, the last, the last poll that was put out, I forget what at what um, Twitter was, but one of the college football polls, he was the number one running back coach in the country. Um, So just to learn from him and to grow from him. Another one is, is um, the running back coach from Oregon, Carlos Lachlan. Uh, he texts me every morning an inspirational text, and and um, keeps me driving forward to make sure that I'm doing everything that I need to do to be successful. Um, another one is is obviously one that's that's very close to home is is Coach Moorhead, Coach Joe Moorhead at Akron. Mm-hmm. Um, I we went up to one of the Akron spring spring ball practices, and we watched and 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 I observed and we watched film a little bit. Um, I sent him or I hand delivered a letter just thanking him for kind of giving me the opportunity um, to watch and to observe and to kind of learn more from them. And from that and, t- or and uh, Tinder and Twitter, um, I know, got Tinder stuck in my head now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, that and Twitter, um, we developed a relationship and, and, and he's been one of the um, he was actually one of the driving forces of me kind of making that jump from Lake Erie to Mount, obviously it was only, I was only at Lake Erie for three years, three months. Um, So to make that shift, it was hard. It was hard to leave the guys that I worked with in spring bowl. Um, It was hard to kind of make that transition before I actually had a full season. Um, But being able to go to Mount, being able to kind of have some financial stability for my family, because my fiance suffers from epilepsy. Last week, she was in the hospital for five days um, as they induced a seizure to try to identify what causes it, what caused, what has caused it. Um, three months into our relationship back after Tinder, um, she had a seizure on top of me and they can never figure out what caused it. And then, and then last year um, in February, after we both tested positive for COVID, um, she had another seizure and we were at the Cleveland clinic for about 12 days. And there was no answers, there was no data, there was no documentation. So this last week, uh, I posted on my Twitter, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm, we're going to be in the hospital, she's trying to identify this, this and this. And luckily, they put her on a sleep defra- deprivation plan for 46 hours and around 2.30 in the morning on Thursday, she had a seizure and it was caught. And we identified kind of where it was at and and things like that. But she's the person that I work for and that I I continue to push myself for every day. I mean, it's, it's that simple. I I don't think I'd be where I am today or be able to kind of pick myself up after kind of going through some battles, um, in my previous occupation without her.
2: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Very inspirational. Um, Hey, uh, you know, some of the, I, I can I went to Miami where you got the cable, the, excuse me, the cradle of coaches, right? You guys at Mount union with your position coaches have kind of the same thing right now. The Eagles head coach, Iowa state's head coach, Matt Campbell, both position coaches at Mount union. What kind of aspirations do you have? Do you see yourself as a head coach someday?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the goal. Um, I, kind of look at, look at it every day. Um, and I actually, when I wake up, that's, that's the saying that I say to myself, is I want to be a division one head coach someday. Um, obviously be, working in the NFL would be awesome. I mean, I love my Browns. Don't get me wrong. And, and I applied for the, the, ill um, Walsh minority fellowship, but I think my true passion, and we were talking about this yesterday. Um, my true passion is college football because you're, you, you're working to not only develop those, those athletes on the field, but also in the classroom, also in life, you're helping them find the path that they want to take. And and you're really doing that and driving that. And, and honestly, you're not really driving it. You're instructing it and then setting them off on their way and, and hoping that they kind of follow the the mindset and the morals and the, the, the values that, that you've set for them. Um, and they've set for themselves. So I think that looking at the coaching tree, I mean, he, you, you have some incredible coaches. You have you have coach Larry Karras. Okay. Um, who's still around the kick, the, the program today is arguably one of the, um, the best college football coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you got uh, coach Vince Karras, who's now the defensive coordinator at Toledo. Um, like you said, Matt Campbell, who, I mean, if, if, if I, embodied anybody I think just kind of looking at last year the viral video of of him on senior day um, with his guys I feel like that's the emotional side of it that 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 you would get from me Um, because when you're going when when you recruit guys it's not it's not a sales pitch it's not and if it if, if it is a sales pitch you're doing it for the wrong reasons when you recruit guys you want to see them succeed in all aspects of life and I took this from from coach Alford Um, back in the day, um, before there was cars, there were stage coaches, which took you from point A to point B. Well, if you take off that stage, now you just have a coach and you're a coach. So you're going to take that athlete from point point A to point B, wherever it's, wherever it is that they want to go. If They want to go to the NFL. You're going to coach them as hard as you can to get them to the point, the point B that they want to get to. If they want to be an agent or a coach or, um, if they want to go outside of football, you want to do everything in your power to make sure that, that they're successful in whatever they, whatever dreams they have, aspirations they have in life. And that's something that, that I've embodied from just kind of a from afar, from some of the greats at Mount Union. But I'm excited to kind of get that up close and personal look at it.
2: Okay and what's your prediction for the browns this year? what do you think our brownies are going to do we've got a uh, you know a tumultuous off season we've got a lot going on in the background you 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 coach running backs you see the stable that we've got at running back that's got to just make you make you totally excited for the season what, what do you think what are your thoughts on the browns
3: I think just utilizing um a little bit of 20 personnel and really incorporating um Nick Chubb and Kareem at the same time. Yes. Um, utilizing them to kind of spread out the offense. And, and I mean, you saw last year, before last year, nobody thought Nick Nick Chubb could catch the ball out of the backfield. And then he made a couple phenomenal phenomenal plays, catching the ball out of the backfield. Kareem Hunt can do it all. Um, I think that, I mean, I'll be honest with you, with some of my backs in spring bowl, a lot of um, our film study was – some of the Browns offense with Nick Chubb running, um, wide zone, running inside zone, running counter, um, going back and forth between a gap scheme and a zone scheme. Um, and just the tracks that they take, um, what their, what their vision is, what they're reading. Um, and from that, I, I just, I I feel like if we can utilize those two and then you have a a standout year from guys like Harrison Bryan or, or Njoku, um, it could be special because, they're, they're, I mean, you have almost like – you look at a couple of years ago. I mean, I. everybody on here will laugh at me, but I was in tears when we when we beat the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, or when we beat the Steelers to get to the playoffs yeah. and then beat them in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, I, I had some God water breaks. in my eyes. God I don't know what was going on.
2: Yeah, we all were. Yeah. All, all Browns fans should have been in tears after that mm-hmm. one. It had been so long coming so you've never seen the playoffs probably in your lifetime no no because
3: 2000 i was born in 1994 um actually i saw the 20 the the uh 2001 with kelly hokum
2: oh yeah yeah we should have won that one too yeah north cut
0: i know i know
2: (laughs) it's me nuts to this day
0: good stuff cj thanks so much for hopping on the show man where can everybody go follow you and, and you know keep up with your coaching journey here
3: Hey, you can go follow me at, uh, coach Edwards 28 on Twitter. Um, I actually, uh, have a TikTok as well. Awesome. Don't, don't go putting don't go putting that out too, too far because, uh, I do have a, a, a handful of followers and I don't want any of my players to find me. Um, <laughs> but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've, I, it's CJ Edward or CJ ed 28. Try to get me to 17,000 followers. I'm at 16.9 right now. So, um, but I'm excited for the football season. I appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, it was fun. It's exciting. I, I've I've been a fan of the show for a long time, and I hope I get to come back on here again soon. Yeah, and maybe uh maybe we can collab on something when I get a head coaching job. We can we can have a weekly show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Coach's corner with Coach CJ. I like the sound of it. that man. Yeah,
1: congratulations, CJ. Congrats on all your hard work paying off, and I think it means a lot when you have coaches who care because you're really such an advocate and a leader for them too. So keep it up.
0: I appreciate that. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks. Thanks a bunch, CJ. And we'll, like we said, man, we'll keep in touch. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks Thanks, guys. See ya.
2: CJ Edwards. Good stuff. Fabulous energy. I love that. I love it. Comes on very passionate about what he does. Passionate about his kids, passionate about his school. there. passionate about the Browns. That's good stuff.
0: Nick. We
1: need more coaches and teachers like that. It's uh it's demanding, but
0: yeah. Inspirational, inspirational stuff. You, Great. You know stuff what also there.
2: inspires me. Uh the, Flogs- the, the flogsy awards. Come on. <laughs> Let's recognize excellence in Cleveland sports, shall we?
0: Let's do it. Here it is: the 2023 Flogsies. Alrighty, if you are new to the show,
2: no music for this. We have no
0: music for this. No music, no intro. We're just (laughs) fantastic. We're just going for it. If you're new to the show, the Flogzies is the most prestigious regional live online sports award show in Cleveland. And it is back. The listeners voted on all six categories that we laid out for you guys last week. We're going to announce the winners live right here, right now. Here we go. There you go. That's what we
2: need. The official now
3: Flogsies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Flogsies. All right, Chris, you want to do the honors of the first Flogsies award.
2: Okay, and these are voted on via Twitter. So you, you the listener, you had a chance to vote each of these categories for who you felt was deserving of each of these Flogsy Awards. So our first category was Cleveland Athlete of the Year. Cleveland Athlete of the Year. We had four candidates. One, the Nick Chubb we were just talking about. Nick Chubb. Miles Garrett, number two. Jose Ramirez, who we just saw at the Home Run Derby, unfortunately with a quick exit. And then Darius Garland, who had kind of a breakout season, in my opinion. He took it to the next level this year. Do Damn. we have do we have a uh, drum roll here, Nick?
0: We don't. The flogsy goes to with 35% of the vote. Jose
2: Ramirez. Wow. Jose Ramirez is your Cleveland athlete of the year. Nick Chubb checked in at second with 24%. Garland at 23%. Miles Garrett checked in dead last in this one, 18%. So it was a tough race. That's a tight one this year.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one. Shout out to uh, shout out to J Ram, man, taking it home.
1: Very deserving. Good, that'll stuff. make him feel
2: better. You know, I'm sure somebody's telling him right now. Hey, I know.
1: Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. I'll let him know.
2: You went out early All here, but right. you won yourself a flog. Yeah, there
0: you go. Flogsy goes to Jose Ramirez. All right, Gab. Do you want to do the rookie of the year?
1: Sure, rookie of the year. Our finalists were JOK, Greg Newsom. Evan Mobley and Steven Kwan. Um, let's see here. So the Flogsy Rookie of the Year goes to, wow, with a whopping 67% of the vote, Evan Mobley.
0: Runaway. Yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. Deserving. Yeah, deserving.
0: Yeah, that, deserving. Yeah, that one true. made sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to give it to Mowgli, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was
2: fantastic. It's just so much fun to see that guy on the court, too, working it inside, working it outside, you know, kind of the new age of player these days where they're tall and they can shoot from anywhere and still get it done inside. It's just it's fun to watch. I'm really excited to watch this guy in the years to come.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to see what year two has in store for him, you know, so. It's yeah. gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Evan Mobley is your Flogsy Rookie of the Year. Nick, right. do we
2: have any chance of having the Mobley brothers together at any point? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You think that's gonna happen. We're gonna it's see going that. To be on the team. On the I uh,
0: I think he's gonna be on the squad in some capacity. I don't know if it's okay. gonna be one of the two way deals, but I mean he made an impact in the summer league and take that with a grain of salt. But I, I liked what I saw. I mean he's he's definitely a little smaller in in stature, but uh, yeah. I I think that. He's, he's going to play a little bit.
2: You know who loves the Summer League, which is oh. amazing? Sorry about the aside here, but my kids. My kids will watch Summer League. I cannot get them to sit down and watch a full Guardians game with me. I can't get them to even watch a full Browns game with me. But they'll sit there and they'll watch NBA Summer League.
0: It's basketball, man. It's the new it's amazing new age, Chris. New age. I, oh. I get it.
2: I know what the kids are watching these days. It's amazing. It blows my mind. I would never, ever sit down and watch a, a summer league game i'm sorry i mean i love the Cavs and everything else but i just cannot get into that mindset kids <laughs> these days though they love it
0: they love they it they love it they love the nba it's it's growing fast all right number three chris hit the music
2: we're talking baseball.
0: we're talking flogsies best single game performance from an individual athlete The nominations were Miles Garrett with four and a half sacks versus Justin Fields and those Chicago Bears. Darius Garland's forty-one point thirteen assists, five rebound performance versus his hometown Indiana Pacers. Josh Naylor, the Josh Naylor game, the eight RBI versus the White Sox. And by the way, that
2: should have been the winner, but
1: that's—I was just about to interject and be like, I mean, he got robbed here for you guys just,
0: yeah, you guys just Kanye it, and then the the yeah we did. The final <laughs> nomination, Dearness Johnson, 146 yards and a touchdown versus Denver with Chubb, Hunt, Baker, all sideline. Lil' Flogsy goes to Dearness Johnson Unbelievable. with 35% <laughs> of the vote. Garrett had 28, Naylor had 24. That Dearness game, man, that, that had my vote. I was glad to see that one come away with it.
2: Nobody giving any love to Darius Garland.
0: That's yeah. I yeah, mean, was Darius cool. was so good all year long. Yeah.
2: It's tough to pick out, you know, a regular season game too.
0: All righty. The next category, Chris, take it away.
2: Our fourth category tonight. Let me pull back up my music here. Let's go with this. We're going for game of the year, game of the year. We've got four, four, um, we've got four candidates, candidate number one. Browns of Cincinnati. Browns win 41 16. Crowd chanting Baker's name on the road. That's the one where you'll recall Denzel had the 99 yard pickoff and return that we thought at the time was going to totally turn around the season. It did for a while. Second candidate, the Guardians come back against Minnesota. 11 10. We ended up winning that ball game. scored four games in the ninth, four runs in the ninth to come back in that game. And the Cavs come back, win over the Pacers. They trailed by 20. I remember this game. 20 in the second quarter. Came back to win that one.
0: It was one of the OG Cavalanche games.
2: That was incredible. The Flogsy for game of the year goes to
0: do, 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 do.
2: the Browns 41-16 road win against yeah. the Bengals with 69% of the vote. That was a big game, Nick. Yep. Especially for you know against a team that would later go on to the Super Bowl. And we saw what Joe Burrow did to be able to have their number there that that was big. That and was in big. that
0: week too, I that agree. was the Odell dad breakdown week and everything like that. That was, that was a big game for sure
2: on the road, on the road. On the road.
0: I think that's fantastic. So I
2: agree with the crowd on this one.
0: righty, Our fifth category, the breakout performer of the year. Gab, take it away.
1: Oh, I already read the answer and I'm, also surprised. All right, breakout performer of the year, Darius Garland. He averaged 21.7 points a game, uh, 8.6 – what was this? Assists. Assists per game. Assists, 8. 6 assists per game in 2022 – What's the, that below it? Seventeen point four points per game and six point one. Yeah, his twenty twenty one numbers were
2: seventeen point four. Oh, okay, so, so showing
1: his improvement. I see what we did yeah. there. Yeah. All right, Class A Emmanuel Class A already has nineteen saves halfway through the season. He had twenty four saves all of last year, so he's Jeez. really rolling.
2: Jeez. <laughs> yeah.
1: Andres Jimenez, we talked about him earlier, batting 299, nine home runs, 40 RBIs, and obviously his all-star selection and Darn. starter uh, yeah. role. And the breakout player of the year, Flogsy, goes to Darius Garland with 67% of the vote. So that was a, a standout. Yeah, we have a lot of NBA fans here. Yeah, um, I was going
2: to say that's that's. A lot of that has to do with the popularity of the NBA over ML. It's
1: got to be the popularity of the NBA, because not to take away from Darius Garland, but, I mean, we've got some s- serious talent that has exploded uh, from Class A and Jimenez also.
0: Yeah, I bought votes on that one, so that's why Darius Garland won. <laughs> <I> was <laughs> okay, was going they're, they're all deserving. but They're all on deserving. Jimenez
2: coming out of nowhere. I think Darius Garland we knew was on a certain track weren't so sure about Andres Jimenez or even class A class A. Well, that's why I think that
1: it's more of a breakout. Like Jimenez just came shot out of nowhere. And I almost think it's because people are still so unfamiliar that they just maybe didn't even vote on it because they don't even know about the guy yet.
0: I agree. I agree. We'll see what happens next year with the Flogsies. All right. The last (laughs) Flogsy category before we get you guys out of here on a Monday the boneheaded move of the year. This is my favorite category. Oh, I forgot
1: about this on this one. Favorite is
0: category year in and year out. I, I have a feeling I know which way this is going to go. Yeah. Here are the nominations Kevin Stefanski letting Baker play Hurt all season. Jadavian Clowney getting flagged for throwing a shoe versus Pittsburgh. We Can talked you stop about for this. a
2: second on that? We haven't talked nearly enough about that. Once again, <laughs> he threw a shoe. <laughs> middle of the night. And it's just like, uh, that happened. You know, it, in the pantheon of Cleveland things that happened, it doesn't even make the list. But it's just still so amazing that that happened in the middle of an NFL game. Wow.
0: Bizarre, bizarre. Baker trying to tackle Texans defensive back Justin Reed after his interception, which led to the torn labrum. And J.B. Bickerstaff only playing Kevin Love ten minutes in the playoff game. The flogsy for the boneheaded move of the year goes to. Kevin Stefanski with forty-five percent of the votes for letting Baker play with that injured shoulder. Your runner up was Baker, a close second with 37% of the votes for trying to make the tackle in the first place. <laughs>
2: yeah, That's your flogsies. It's gonna be Browns heavy, you know, especially with boneheaded stuff. People boneheaded,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think bonehead of the year every year for the last three years has all been Browns related.
2: So it's nice to see some diversity in here. Good
0: stuff. Good stuff. That's the Foxies.
2: We don't, hey, Rook- don't have any Guardians in there. That's that's nice. I was
1: just trying to think to myself, what were some boneheaded Guardians plays? Well,
2: I'll tell you something probably- that probably should get a little bit of run is when we introduced the Guardians name and they changed and did all the co- the new branding and everything. And at the team shop, the they roller put roller roller. a new sign and the sign immediately fell down. That, yeah. wh- whoever... Decided to anchor that into the wall and, you know, I'm in construction, so I know the way anchors work. They didn't really anchor it to anything. There was no structural steel behind that. That to me, whoever the construction folks were on that job, that's a boneheaded move.
1: Okay. So the construction person was the bonehead.
2: Right, or the maintenance person, maybe they went on the cheap and they just had somebody internal put that up and it probably should have been a professional job. Who knows? But the sign falling, that was not a very good look for our new branded guardians.
0: What do you guys think of these new Cavs uniforms today? Completely off topic, completely not. Too basic,
2: in my opinion. And they were already revealed, if you notice that, because they had already sent out some pictures of Miles Garrett the other day when he visited camp and he was wearing the new jerseys.
0: So well that one was a little the the numbers were different. Uh, I
2: don't know. It was pretty much the same thing. It pretty had pretty much nice yeah. logo. It had everything. I mean, it was kind of a soft open for those new uniforms. I don't know. I thought they were pretty basic, but maybe that's by design. Maybe they wanted to come go back to the basics for right now as the Cavs get better, maybe we add a little bit more flair as we get better, you know, mm-hmm. as a better team. I don't know, but they're fine. Whatever. Just go play basketball. I, I, saw like, a lot of mock I like 50 different jerseys
0: anyway. What, what were you going to say, Gab?
1: I was just saying, I saw a lot of like mock jerseys that I liked better on Twitter. People, I were, agree with people. yeah. It's kind of like when the Guardians came out with their stuff, it was like mm, medium. And then people were like on Twitter doing their own thing. And you're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's kind of how I felt about the Cavs jerseys, too.
0: Yeah. I like the Cavs jerseys. I like everything the Cavs do though. I think they've got some strong branding and I think that's what the jerseys like reflect, you know, is it's just simple. It's basic. Mm -hmm, It's the, mm -hmm. it's the C it's the V with the basketball going in, like just stuff. People know they, they kept to it. So I'm a fan of it. Alrighty. Good stuff. Are you guys have any thoughts before we get out of here?
2: I don't think so. Other than I'll tell you. Yeah, I'm excited about the second half of baseball starting up, and I never thought that I'd be saying this at this point in the season. So go Guardians. Let's come out of the gate. You know, we're going to have what? How many doubleheaders have we had? And, of course, the last game going into the All-Star break (laughs) gets canceled and gets moved into a doubleheader later on. This team is amazing. Just the resiliency we're going to have to have going through things like this and having Tito kind of navigate the ship with his – his pitching staff as the schedule evolves for us. But uh, hopefully that part of it gets relieved a little bit um, and and we were able to, uh, to kind of come out of it with normal games. But I'm excited about the second half of this season and and hopefully the guards can give us something to cheer about.
1: Speaking of guards, I was just going to ask you guys, Josh Naylor's eight RBI game versus the White Sox. First of all, wasn't that also an extra's? Because we were all staying up really late to watch it. Yes,
0: I believe so. He, t- and then he tied it, off. and then won it. He tied it in regular, and then there won had, it. Next wasn't
1: time. one of these? Wasn't there a grand slam? Was there two grand slams? Am I making that up? He had had a grand slam, and then maybe he had a home run, maybe. Maybe. In any case, what I swear, I just feel like I can't. I'm I'm still stuck on how he how that didn't become the single. She it was like just it. unreal. It was like he he went off. He was in a zone like he was in a an athlete zone that you don't see very often and it was wild especially for a game of failure like baseball that was just my ending thought
0: (laughs) i love it shout out josh naylor guys electric Uh, absolutely electric all right good stuff thanks everybody for watching big play reflog go check out Shaq news shacknews.com go drink some labat wear some gv Get your Browns merch from TSE Cleveland and uh, check out for those weekly giveaways. We will see y'all next week. Peace. It's time streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio, presenting the
3: undefeated, undisputed heavyweight
1: podcast of the world. The big play. We play. Oh!